0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of QA about ESL podcast. My today's guest has a very colorful cultural background. He is Russian who was born in Kazakhstan and moved into the US at the age of nine. We have an interesting conversation about bilingualism and about how it is to be a child of three cultures and how to keep the language alive. Let's dive in.
1: Uh, Hi, my name is Victor, Um, I was born in Kazakhstan, Uh, it's a country that was part of the Soviet Union and uh, my nationality is uh, Russian and I speak Russian uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And I came to United States um, in the early, I think 1999 uh, to... Uh, washington state and i was about eight years old
2: mm-hmm. eight years old and
1: so. and i lived there for a couple of years uh then moved back for a couple of years and then came to california in 2004 mm-hmm.
2: so you started learning learn english uh when you were uh eight or nine right
1: uh, yes, we actually started uh, learning most of the vocabulary before we left uh, Kazakhstan mm-hmm. and as we uh, came to the States, we started um, learning more vocabulary and then uh, went to elementary school and picked up most of, uh, I guess, English in that um, environment. Mm-hmm.
2: So, can you tell me about this experience particularly? I mean, uh, just how it was for you learn a new language? Um, in your childhood?
1: Um, At first, when we were learning vocabulary, it was just pictures and words that we uh, mostly just memorized. Um, I did it with my brother, so maybe we had a bit of a competition who would memorize Mm -hmm. more and we would help each other out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But most of the actual usage of language we actually got from uh, going to elementary school. Mm -hmm. And there it was more... Uh, I guess practical, you saw what they were talking about and you picked it up based off of either actions, reactions, or visual cues, and, of course, uh, writing and reading. Mm
2: -hmm. So was it hard uh, or it was really easy? Because uh, I've heard a lot of uh, stuff that uh, many adults say, like, uh, like, uh, this is uh, so easy for children to pick up the language. It's, like, natural for them what would you
1: say about it i think it is much easier to pick it up as a child because in high school we took a spanish class and it was much harder to memorize and and get into um, learning the language and partially it was probably because we didn't have uh hispanics to talk to and just communicate with where here when we first came to the states it was all the neighbors all the kids in school spoke english so you had to learn it Mm -hmm. so it was um it was in a way um more probably out of curiosity to try to understand what they're trying to say because you wanted to be part of uh, what is going on either on the playground or inside the class and Mm -hmm. um, you would you would naturally want to pick up the words much quicker um, as opposed to right now trying to Do it based on memorization and seeking uh, ways to practice it.
2: Yeah, I would say for adults it's uh, the kind of adventure too, because you need to uh, talk with a lot of different uh, um, places like, uh, I don't know, DMV or something. So, but this is not curiosity anymore. It's kind of uh, necessary. (laughs) Necessity. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so maybe this kind of uh, it's lack of fun actually yeah maybe that's why not so more
1: pressure definitely more pressure <laughs> yes
2: definitely yeah so um let me clarify so you are from kazakhstan right uh yes. and in kazakhstan uh it's mostly kazakhs right and they talk uh, they speak Kazakhan, right
1: yes they do and but uh since it was part of the soviet union uh most of them do speak russian as well and at some point, I mean, most transactions you would even encounter between mm-hmm. everybody there was in Russian and maybe, I would say, maybe 30% didn't know Russian out of all mm-hmm. the Kazakhs. So mm-hmm. it's quite a... Um, uh, I, I, I don't know if I could say Russian was the first language, but it definitely mm-hmm. was the second.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, did you speak, uh, speak Kazakhian or no Russian only?
1: We learned it, for so I was there in 1st grade and 2nd grade, so I didn't learn it that much mm-hmm. um, and anything I did learn I already forgot.
2: <laughs> Got it. So, yeah, uh, what I, why I am clarifying this for, so it's kind of very colorful background you have and uh, this is actually my next question. Uh, how you identify yourself? So are you American are you Kazakh are you Russian are you bilingual how how exactly do you identify yourself
1: so I'm a citizen of u s but nationality I'm Russian mm-hmm. and okay. born in Kazakhstan so it's like a,
2: three
1: different th- three different countries built into one and um but yeah most likely bilingual I could understand a bit of Spanish but very little so Uh, Maybe eventually I might learn uh, Spanish, uh, become trilingual. But uh, that's not a necessity yet.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, What would you say? Uh, Do you think bilinguals are like understand each other better? I mean, uh, so what I mean is that by bilinguals, it's all Americans, for instance, who uh, talks uh, two languages, like. Uh, since childhood, or maybe uh, uh, they learned it and, uh, when they are uh, grew up, uh, but uh, for instance, Spanish uh, and uh, uh, English, Russian and English, or uh, even Chinese and English, uh, what would you say? Could you, could you say that you are like one big group of people? We are actually, <laughs> yeah. So one group of people, uh, or it is like the more separate groups, like uh, Russian English. Uh, it's one group. Chinese speakers, uh, Ch- Chinese English. It's another group, and Spanish and uh, um, English. It's other group. What What would you say?
1: Um, th- I think it all—it's um, all a matter of perspective. I mean, understand here in the Los Angeles uh, area, we mm-hmm. have a very diverse uh, type of um, demographics of people, and you get to see all sorts of culture. And um, with that, uh, of course, there's visual cues of you understanding that this is not a this is most likely an immigrant or they do have some kind of background from a different country and they're more likely to speak mm-hmm. a different language um and i think that is more accepting here in, i guess los angeles and california and you do feel more accepting of them but not necessarily part of their group mm-hmm. um sometimes even you see americans and you, you you never know which background they have they could have They might look like natural Americans, but they could have uh, ties to European. And so it's kind of hard to even try to put people into your group or not group, or try to identify Mm -hmm. them or not. Mm -hmm. But people that do look uh, Mm -hmm. distinguishably foreign, Mm -hmm. you can kind of uh, identify with them that uh, you know, especially if they have an accent, you know they know a different language, Mm -hmm. and that kind of you can kind of understand that the, uh, what they might have went through t- in order to l- be here. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like a land of opportunity and that people migrate here for that. And y- in a way, you could understand that they have a different culture behind them, that mm-hmm. it's uh, you can probably strike a conversation with them regarding that. or Or if they're dressed a certain way, you don't kind of judge them because you know they have their own uh, mm-hmm. beliefs and backgrounds as far as culture and language
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally uh, agreed with you about it uh, What I meant you know, uh, so for instance uh, living in Sacramento I've noticed that many Russian girls has a, um, kind of um, uh, boyfriends or husbands who are um spanish speakers or uh chinese speakers i mean uh, and what uh what was their experience i i just asked them well, how you understand each other because uh it's for me it's really uh how to say it's hard to, to understand how you can uh get this uh, level of uh connection between people that they because for me marriage it's really like very, very tight connection. And uh, when you don't have, uh, for instance, uh, language for uh, language enough for um, talk with each other to understand each other deep, really deep. So um, I can't imagine how it looks like. So, and when I asked them about it, uh, they said we actually understand each other better than I would say I understand some of my American friends. So uh and the the reason behind it uh in my opinion I, and I asked them they many of them say the, saying the same it's that the um, kind of uh culture and experience uh which is very similar uh with uh, yeah with with different group of people with different group of immigrants here so and uh what do you say that um um that your experience makes you who you are what what is the more uh influent, influential thing experience or culture what would you say
1: uh one can't go without the other i think um experience uh definitely helps you to relate, relate to people and so does culture and there's similar similarities between cultures for example uh, a Russian culture and Hispanic cultures are very family oriented and mm-hmm. I think that's one one thing you can have in common and most people kind of get together based off uh, things they have in common and if the more things uh, are in common between the cultures I think people tend to gravitate to each other or just an interest in another culture that uh, people um, I would like to find out kind of attracts them as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it, it, it does help relate to them and um i don't know if i have a lot of personal experience with that so i might mm-hmm. not be able to
2: mm-hmm.
1: answer too much on that
2: mm-hmm. no no you did you, you doing great, great um okay yeah thank you for your opinion for sure um so yep. yeah that being said, um what is the main difference between american and russian culture or russian kazakhian culture in your opinion in your experience
1: um i think maybe approach to life Mm -hmm. and what is this what is that um i mean americans uh, i find tend to be more outgoing Mm -hmm. and um very more like sociable and i feel like russians stick more to familiar things and um, even example being school how I, I the one of the things i noticed is that in in russia you go through school mostly with the same uh, group of kids you have mm-hmm. a set of class of 30 kids and you go uh through school with them almost the whole time you might interact with other uh, classmates or, or other classes that are similar age Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas here it's all mixed. I remember coming to ninth grade, to and I was pretty good at math, so I was sitting with twelfth graders,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and that was kind of really unusual for me. And each class had a different set of group of people, which, mm-hmm. in a way, was beneficial and um, was kind of unique to me. And I kind of feel like it's the structure is more to be social and outgoing and kind of promoting yourself out there and whereas Russians more maybe reserved and just stick to your thing and and, um, Mm -hmm. stick to the group of people you know and kind of not not to venture out too far away Um, Mm -hmm. similar with like even vacations most uh, i feel like americans kind of travel the world and go to different places each time Uh, and i feel like russian culture is more like go to the similar place stick to your own to the things you're familiar with and um, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in that sense is, is the, kind of the things that kind of um, uh, mostly are vivid to me also maybe i feel like americans are more of a loud type of language mm-hmm. specifically english mm-hmm. and the fact that you need to open your mouth wide and pronounce things to be understood Mm-hmm. Whereas Russian could be more of a uh, quiet and um, subtle language uh, and most most of the time, like, there's not um, not very, maybe, vocal
2: mm-hmm.
1: language, more reserved probably, at least mm-hmm. in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, actually, this is very interesting. Uh, observation about the uh, language and uh, culture uh, because I remember we 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 talk with us uh, we talk with you do you remember maybe about the differences and about uh, about the things that how uh, language can impl- uh, can influence uh, mm-hmm. the culture and opposite yeah so this is I think this is a this kind of thing this uh, so that if you your uh, culture is opened and uh, then or no actually opposite if, if your language are like more vocal and uh more uh i would say um you need to open your mouth uh, wide and uh, be more like open open it to the uh other uh people uh, surrounding you i mean with whom you have dialogue so uh, and opposite in Russia, for instance, we are more close and uh, our language and our sounds are different. So it's kind of, I think it's exactly the thing. But the the interesting thing here is what is the first language or culture? What do you think about it? In this particular, uh, in this particular example. So so if we say, for instance, if we're talking about the. Um, vowels and uh exactly about the language what do you think is this language uh the it's very it's
1: very similar to the dilemma which one came first the chicken or the egg (laughs) so one kind of can influence the other as much Mm -hmm. as um similarly like english could have been i guess a more subtle language if the culture maybe was different Mm -hmm. and you can argue vice versa just because of the uh, language being so vocal, the culture kind of built up on that as well. And it's also maybe just the type of people um, uh, and you could even start with the colonists like when they came, it was a type of people that wanted to get away from something. So they were kind of go-getters, doers and that kind of charisma kind of maybe transferred to the whole country. I mean mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a possibility. I can only kind of speculate but I, I, it's kind of hard to put a, put a pinpoint it to the exact thing because one can change, and because I'm sure there's examples with vocal, kind of like languages, but the people being more subtle and reserved, and uh, maybe vice versa, where the language might not be very uh, kind of vocal now, but the people can be reserved as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I agree that uh, for sure it's, it could be individual for, for different people and you never can say about the um, uh, nationality by meeting like only two or three people, right? So, true, so true. That, yeah.
1: There could be very, very vocal Russians out there as well and very <laughs> oh, reserved yeah. Americans as well.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's uh, back to the, your school and college. I have one particular question, and this is just because I wanted to clarify this. So, what was the hardest part uh, wh- when you studied language in, at school, and maybe what was the hardest part in the understanding uh, when you go to college?
1: I think uh one of the hardest thing was um spelling uh because uh, I think I missed it during when we went back to Kazakhstan I missed specifically grade um what is it four, four, five, oh, five, six, seven, 4 5 and 8th grade mm-hmm. uh, and so that that kind of like was uh, where you mostly learned the basic words and and the the spelling of it. And that was kind of hard to pick up coming back to the States to the ninth grade. And um, there's a lot of more complex words. And without even remembering all the basics words, it was kind of hard to even learn more advanced words. So English was one of the harder uh, classes I had to go through. Um, and maybe like biology, where there were more um, terminology that you had to memorize, which kind of came hard,
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: switching between languages because math, in Russian, math and English, is the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> the numbers never change. So that's kind of the easier part mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. but definitely like writing essays and then um, trying to make uh, complex um, sentences when mm-hmm. writing essays, that was definitely uh, kind of mm-hmm. like a struggle that I had to go through. Um, but After leaving high school, I feel like college was a bit easier, Mm -hmm. and depending on which classes you got, you were kind of put into. And um, of course, in there, I was again put into more advanced uh, mathematical classes, but uh, like English, I had to go from the bottom as well. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, critical thinking, I mean, that, that was more easier to understand as you learn more uh, words after high school and college even reading history or biology or any kind of science or business uh, classes wars you you already picked up the words much faster because you knew more words from high school but as soon as we got to as soon as i got to university that's when it kind of got hard again and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i don't know if it was just because i went to fullerton fullerton was uh, out of uh, colleges, it was one of the top ten, I believe, harder mm-hmm. harder grading schools. I think in the state, so it was it was a bit of a struggle to get through that as well. But eventually, I I, I got through it as well.
2: It's mm-hmm. great, yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, actually. Yeah, I just um, just realized that uh, the way of talking is also the way of thinking, right? It's kind of mirror mirrors. Uh, mirror this. So, uh, can you can you describe your process of thinking? Are you thinking on language on some particular language, Russian or English? Are you tra- translated or how it's all happened <laughs> each time you <laughs> you do something?
1: Yeah, I think what happens is when I first moved, maybe most through all of high school uh by default when you're not saying anything and just thinking thoughts out loud i think or or inside of your head Mm -hmm. it was mostly uh in russian Mm -hmm. and then as you spend more time uh learning the language and uh trying to describe things in that language you start thinking that language in order to be able to describe things faster Mm -hmm. and so i think somewhere in college or university that's when they switched thinking in in English, but then when you start interacting again with uh, other Russians, you Mm -hmm. start thinking in uh, Russian in order to describe things to them.
2: Mm -hmm. It's interesting, because for me, for instance, I mean, it's probably a very dependent person. Uh, For me, uh, if I studied something, for instance, I studied uh, uh, cinema and TV uh, at college, at Sunback College here, so uh, many many stuff which is involves uh, all all this like production and all this stuff. So I'm thinking I I I'm thinking on on English. So because it's more productive probably <laughs> because I've learned uh, all this stuff in English. So uh, but for instance math or um, physics or something like um, I don't know what else. Um, uh, some something more like um, general things which I learned in Russia um, so I, I I need to translate it to English if I want to talk with a person uh, who speaks English so
1: yeah I would say similar for me especially with um any kind of finances Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: i know all the terminology in english but i maybe know 20 percent in russian so if i was trying to communicate my work to other someone in russian it'd probably take me a bit longer to translate it in my head maybe or even some words i might not know them Mm -hmm. in russian so i would have to either substitute it or explain a different way or you have even have to look up the word in russian
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a last question for you. Uh, how do you not lose your Russian language?
1: Uh, I think the best way is speaking with family, because uh, family, of course, knows your language, and finding friends or finding a community that you can be a part of. And, uh, for me, particularly, a community I'm part of that's Russian is the church. And mm-hmm. uh, that's something I attend and interact with people there. And that helps me uh, maintain language and sometimes even texting with uh s- some friends that are i've made i've made new friends that are here uh not as long as i am so they mostly communicate in russian so whenever i text them mm-hmm. i would have to switch to uh russian texting that's where maybe a portion of even my spelling in russian kind of returned mm-hmm. this uh with <laughs> russian autocorrect on texts and you kind of pick up on that and you uh, sometimes when you're trying to explain something you forget a word you uh, look it up and then you remember it and you like you kind of keep it up mm-hmm. another thing that i might uh consider doing is is reading uh some books in russian like literature definitely mm-hmm. has a, a wide variety of words that uh, you you can read that will remind you of like things you forgot or even like simpler uh, books not necessarily some kind of heavy literature but Mm-hmm. Just simple, even comics or jokes or um, kids' books will mm-hmm. definitely help kind uh, of keep the language.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Victor, for your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you too uh, for uh, having me.
0: This is all for today. If you want to share your story, please email me at ctvrmedia at jmail.com. C-T-V-R-M-E-D-I-A at jmael.com. And put QA about ESL in the subject. Thank you for listening to QA about ESL podcast. New episodes each Monday at 2 p.m. Have a great week.